Hello, everyone. It's Sean from Spoiler Alert. Uh, we are celebrating a milestone this week. We have been on the air for five years as of this week. And to celebrate, my co-hosts, Jeremy and Sonia, have fled the country, leaving me by myself. But that is totally fine. I'm not hurt by that at all. So we decided to play our very first episode that we recorded in February of 2018. Uh, I think we're talking about like Oscar bait and the Oscar contenders that year. It's not too bad, honestly. I re-listened, uh, considering we met like twice before we started the show. Uh, we referenced Jeremy's baby, who's now like a full-grown adult. We dump on three billboards, which I always have time for, and I'm glad to know that I've always hated it. Um, so please enjoy this throwback episode to three very new radio hosts, and thanks to all of you for sticking with us through the years. We appreciate you so much. Bye. As always, spoiler alerts are in full effect, like this one. Uh, Rosebud turned out to be a janky old toboggan. No one knows why he was still thinking about it. You're welcome, guys. You can skip film 100. Uh, with me to talk all things cinema are my two beautiful, funny, thoughtful co-hosts, Sonia Stanger and Jeremy Legui. You guys, it's our first episode. Sonia, as our resident lady host, why did you want to do this movie podcast? Do you even like them? I love movies, Sean. Um, I, that's actually part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast with you wonderful folks, is that I love movies. I watch so many movies, but uh, I've always felt like I don't know enough or like I wasn't an authority. And now I'm on the radio talking about them, so I think I'm officially an authority and I have time to learn. No one can take that away from us now. <laughs> Jeremy, same question. What brings you to this uh, I'm I'm like a budding artist who's really trying what some would call his best, and uh, if if being on this radio show is the closest I can get to making movies, then I think I've then I think I've done it. We're, We're so proud it. of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love most things movies. I love comedy and I love camp and I love actresses, and I believe First Wives Club is maybe the best movie of all time, <laughs> and I'll probably get us to dress like it for Halloween in an iconic white suit scene um anyway garbage taste but my love is real um so today we're going to talk about oscar season because it's breathing down our necks so what better time is there um so movies that come up traditionally big at the oscars uh and what films will come home with that little gold man what uh Sonny, what does oscar bait mean to you to me oscar bait means a film that is really just living for that Little Little Gold Man, mm -hmm. a film that exists pretty much solely to win that award. Um, I think the definition has like gotten a little more squibbly as time's gone on, but um, that's what it means to me. Um, is there anyone in the running this year that you think Oscar bit is really smells of Oscar bait? Uh, I'm gonna give that award to The Darkest Hour, actually, I think. Oh, yeah. I think there are a couple contenders, but I just watched that one this weekend, and it uh, it felt pretty baby to me, you guys. <laughs> yeah, when I think, I think biopic, for sure. I think someone, like, reenacting a tradition, like, a historical figure, a la Marilyn, a lot of things. Yeah, so, um, I mean, okay. that's the thing. We can't talk about it without talking about Meryl, which means we can't talk about it without talking about The Post. I'll write The Post. I, I haven't seen The Post. Meryl's going to win. She's going to win it all for everybody. 
I think I think Mel's she gonna won already. She won us. Oh yeah, she's won <laughs> our hearts and our minds. She wins movies, but I think Meryl could win, although Frances is in there, Frances McDormand. Um, but I don't think that that film will win. Ooh. Yeah, when I saw it, I was like, Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, it felt, it felt thirsty. It, it's a thirsty film. When I watched the trailer, it really took me there, because I haven't seen it. I don't watch any of these movies. I just watch the trailers, and... Uh, Tom Hanks and Meryl, like that's that's a combo that can't be beat. That's like nachos and the hot dog at the movie theater. Yeah, and then like nobody orders that. <laughs> and, then, and then a milkshake is that something people order at the movie? You guys What's can a get milkshake. <laughs> but I think Steven Spielberg is the milkshake in this analogy. Um, who notably not nominated for best director, Ooh. which is something we talk about when we talk about who's going to win best picture. Yeah, that is kind of shocking, actually. But it's also not because Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeremy, do you have any more? Like, can you add to a definition of Oscar bait in your mind? Well, in leading up to the show, we were sort of talking about how well, I was okay. No, I was talking about how they sort of make the same movie, mm-hmm. you know, and like the post and spotlight direct correlations there. So um, I feel like there's there's you know. When when someone puts pen to paper and they're like, this is going to be, this is for my Oscar, you know, there's just these same kinds of dramatic, you know, movies that just come up again and again, and they just keep casting Meryl Streep again and again and again, and, uh, you know, it's a working formula for sure, right? Like, you can't, it's too risky to not it's just... It's a moneymaker. Well, right, and I think, like, one of the other things we talk about when we talk about Oscar, right, is your period piece. Mm. Uh, your drama, especially if you got, you know, someone speaking truth to power, which is what both The Post and Spotlight were about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you love a very stylish wig, um, <laughs> which is a lot of what's going on with The Post. Right up my own. In oh, The Post? Oh, wigs? yes, and a lot of good jackets, Sean, which I know you're... Interesting. I feel like Tom Hanks always wears a wig. There's no way that man's not in a wig. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't I, know. I tend to be the one in the wig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I guess when I think of Oscar bait as well, I also imagine them grasping at all categories. So like, you, like a period piece can be like, you know, you've got dresses, you've got wigs, you've got makeup. <laughs> um, so in this running, I would also throw Phantom Thread in there, mm-hmm. which was like, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, DDL did great, but I don't know if it was good for his, like, like his last yeah. Panel. He needs a he needs a, a film literally titled Swan Song <laughs> to to exit on. Um, uh, and oh. there there well there's a lot of clothes in Phantom Thread, but <laughs> <laughs> it was like not well like there were like fabulous dresses because he is a dress designer and spoiler alert oh. yeah, spoiler alert everyone this is not actually spoiler because <laughs> they're like the plot is he makes dresses it's the premise <laughs> of the film. But they're like they're not really fab, actually. They're really stiff. <laughs> them. So, the Phantom Thread is actually the only of the nine Best Picture nominees that I haven't seen at this point. Ooh, that's um, amazing. I know, but also I'm very excited to see it. Um, big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. Mm-hmm. I have some feelings about Daniel Day Lewis and going method as a concept, <laughs> but uh, he's great, and I'm happy for him that he's living his truth. <laughs> um. 
Lady Bird, mm-hmm. and this is something that I feel like, you know, as time moves on, I don't know what the bracket is to be a period piece, but isn't it like, doesn't Lady Bird take place in like 2000 or something? This was a real shock for me because it is a period piece about me being in like grade 10. Yeah. <laughs> and like they had to do costuming, they had to do like set deck to bring it back to 2003, and that felt very uncomfortable for me. I didn't like that. <laughs> But I love the movie so much. Mm. And I don't know if it's going to take Best Picture, but I would really like to see that. Or at least, you I know, think get some love. I think Greta could pull it out with Best Director. I think, like, people are saying that it's a dark horse for Best Picture. Um, but I, I, think, I think Greta could pull it out, and I would be so very excited if that were the case. Greta Gerwig, my... Love. Uh, <laughs> Love her. I saw a great photo of her directing the prom scene and just, like, wearing a prom dress, like, <laughs> behind the camera. It was like, very cute. How, what other perspective should she take for that? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's obvious to me that she should be in that moment. Yeah. How else do you direct that, especially if you're in the year 2000, exactly. which some people used to call the future? Uh, which is troubling to say <laughs> because when I was compiling my little list of what won best picture for the last 20 years it didn't go back as far as I feel like 20 years should be mm. it's our first episode so I feel like yeah. we don't need to be like we're old now <laughs> I feel like that's not you the purpose were, of this yeah, we're episode very we'll we're all that quite for young. episode 200 yeah if, if it when we're actually real <laughs> so what about what about something like three billboards Okay, so this could also qualify as a bit baity because when you hear Francis McDormand and you hear Woody Harrelson, I was like, oh, this is like, Francis is hot, got a big piece to chew on right now. <laughs> like, it's all like fury and sadness. Um, but then I felt tricked when I watched it because she was just going. She didn't really have an arc at all. She was just like pedal to the metal, hardcore, One anger. Now. Like, there was a ridiculous scene, also, spoiler alert, where she, <laughs> like, a kid, like, throws a can on her car, and she gets out, and she's like, who did this? And they're like, I didn't see. And then she kicks a teenager in the crotch, and then she asks the girl beside him, did you see, sweetheart? And she said, no. And then she kicks her in the crotch as well. And it was like, this is not, <laughs> this shouldn't belong, and I don't know why Francis is doing this. It was alarming. But, okay, when you watch that movie, do you feel like... Is it a drama? Is it a comedy? Does it switch? Mm, I think it's I think it's a drama with hints of comedy. Does that make it a dramedy? I don't know. I hope not. There are <laughs> there are beautiful hints of comedy. There's yeah. a part where um a very inept sh- policeman who's also a terrible person in the whole movie. But there's a great point where he's just listening to ABBA with in headphones and he's like <laughs> dancing around the police station as people are crying and sobbing behind him because a tragedy happened. <laughs> and it was a very beautiful moment. That inept cop, uh, inept and racist cop, I think is fair to say, oh, uh, yeah. as woke Twitter would, would probably say, uh, played by Sam Rockwell, who who did actually a very good performance. but He got a good art. Yeah, that's it's one, that's, that's kind of the thing is it's being touted as this, like, me too, ode to our moment, like very on the pulse, very timely. But... It, for me, it didn't quite get there, and and it, it was so focused on the male characters. There was this weird redemption arc for the racist cop. Francis was one note the whole time. I will watch Francis McDormand in anything. Oh, yeah, she was 
chewing it up. And and I just feel that like you know, if you're gonna give me a Francis McDormand vehicle, give it to let me. Let her drive it. Let her pedal <laughs> to the metal, baby. Um, yeah. It kind of another thing about Oscar Beatty stuff, I think, is that when they get an actress, they like ugly her up a bit. Mm-hmm. When, she had when I see, like prosthetics coming out and stuff like that, she had like undercut. She was in overalls the entire movie. Mm-hmm. The same overalls. And I feel, I don't know why, they just was like, I feel like they were like, if we make her kind of crazy looking. <laughs> right, because she's supposed to be this, like, transgressive figure, and what better way to do that than to make her angry and masculine and wearing overalls. And also there's this weird arc. I know this podcast slash radio show is not just uh, us talking about movies we hate, because that's <laughs> been done a time or two. What are you talking about? I've never heard that. <laughs> but we might do specific episodes just yeah. on that. That's a good title. Maybe I could do, have. I think I could do a whole episode about three billboards, you guys, because... I think it could win, which I'm scared about. I think it could be the one. It won really big this weekend at BAFTA. Um, I just, I'm scared. Anyway, there's this whole weird arc with Peter Dinklage, where, oh, yeah. which I feel was just an excuse to use the word midget a hundred times. How dare they with Peter Dinklage? Like, Peter Dinklage is an is icon. He is an icon. <laughs> He's handsome as heck. <laughs> And and I feel that there was a lot of that in this film, that it was just an excuse to say words you're not supposed to say and, ca- and call it progressive. Yeah, he was a punchline the whole time. Um, also, there's another character that was that I couldn't wrap my head around, which was Woody Harrelson's, like, teenage wife. <laughs> Who was, I think, Australian? She, well, I didn't know she had an accent until about halfway through, and all of a sudden she started speaking. Well, she barely speaks. More so. sentences, and then I was like, she... All of a sudden, is, has something else going on. She's like 23, maybe. I don't know. And it was gross. Oh, and they have a scene where she gets kind of drunk, and she's talking to him, and she's saying the filthiest things, and I was like, could not handle it. She just was like, I don't know. I won't repeat it on this. It's, you have to go. No, it's, you have to it's watch it. supper time for families, and we can't repeat the things <laughs> okay. that Woody Harrelson's teenage wife says in Three Billboards. <laughs> but Jeremy, having not seen this film, I feel would like us to move on. I don't or know. Or I would like for Jeremy's sake I'm, that I, we perhaps... I'm still trying to figure out this whole board situation over here. Jeremy's so, uh, taking the board on like a champ. Jeremy is our savior. Just wait till we hit this, this, this mid-hour break. That's really what's going to make her break... This, yeah. this, I, that was a horrible. Can we, stri- can we strip it? <laughs> I'm sorry. This, this is live. Oh, it's live. Oh. Sean, edit this out. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, so get out, hey? Get oh. out, yeah. Now, here's my. Here's the thing is, I am a, a really bad with horror movies, and so I just, in my mind, didn't watch it. But then so many people have said it's actually amazing. Mm-hmm. So I, many people I trust. I think there's so many. Like, there's a bad horror movie thing. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. Right? And, like, people aspire to make a bad horror movie. Sometimes it's amazing. This is a good horror movie. There's a lot of, like, I don't know. It's weird. It's It's, tense. It's definitely weird. And the whole time you're, like, trying to figure it out. And then when they tell you what it is, you're like, I didn't want it to be that. Mm -hmm. And then the action and the blood and everything works. And I'm actually super stoked to see it on the list. I am... I am so stoked. If if Get Out won, if we had a bit of a Moonlight situation where they were like, no. the post wins, and then it's actually Get Out. That will never happen again. again. <laughs> I, would, um, I would cry and scream with joy because it, to me it's just such 
a worthy film, and and that I think deserves the sort of accolades of being very of its moment and and really saying something that needs to be said, which I feel like bi- three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which I realize we haven't said the full title for the <laughs> it's, it's exhausting. But that, I feel like that's being touted as that film, and Get Out is the actual film, and. You're so right. Yeah. If Jordan Peele, see, I would also like to oh see my, him. That'd be, I'd director. lose my mind, right? This is the problem. Because there's, we're like, fa- we're sa- we're just fanboys. That's all this is. Yeah, we just want Jordan Peele to make it happen. Oh, so badly. It's okay. So here's an interesting thing, um, which I don't want to steal the reins here, boys, but I just have an aside that Uh-oh. I think is interesting. So when we're talking about Oscar bait, there's a piece of me that wonders whether that definition is shifting a little bit, and partly because. Um, the demographics of uh, the academy, the voters, is actually shifting. Um, I was doing a little reading about how it actually works because I feel it's a slightly complex process. And basically there's there's a recruitment process where they uh, send out invitations uh, to prominent people in, in their fields to be Oscar voters. Um, and last year, uh, sort of following all the Oscars so white fallout, mm-hmm. um, there was a big push for increased diversity. So in 2017, it was actually the biggest ever group of invitees. It was like almost 800 people, um, half of whom were women, 30% of whom were people of color, which still is like, okay, we could still do better. Um, And overall, those numbers still aren't impressive. But I think there's this sort of shifting perspective where – there's a lot of flack for for the against the academy for being the same thing forever and ever and ever, mm-hmm. and I feel like some of those changing demographics and some of those attempts to move away from some of those things, especially you know Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> this is our first Oscar post Weinstein, um, could affect the way those voters will behave because they don't want to be perceived that same way anymore. And I think one of the ways that's exemplified is with the best directing category because mm-hmm. actually um, they're all first-time uh, direct, first-time nominees in the best directing category except for Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, um, so that speaks to me a little bit. Christopher Nolan is his first? Yeah. Really? For best directing because he's always won technical awards. Mm. Um which I think is really interesting. And Dun, we okay, we haven't talked about Dunkirk yet. Oh, do we have to? The actually, piece. Piece. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it actually quite a bit. I thought it was like I mean, technically, it's stunning, and that's why I think we could see some of what we've seen with Nolan again, where he might get some of those technical recognitions, um, because it is it's kind of a prestige like filmmaker's technical film. It's I I loved it, but but like I don't know, whenever I. Whenever the Oscars comes up, I always have to consider them back to their other body of work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think of, like, Inception. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, a part of me is like, really? You know, like, oh, this was harder. You know, this was bigger. This was whatever. Yeah. But, like, Inception was better. <laughs> right? Like, that's, like yeah. that's, you know, like, that's my attitude. So, But it also, like, that kind of... Even like with actors and things like that, it's usually not the role that they're nominated for that they win for. It's just, like... I've been chipping away at this forever, <laughs> and so now you just—you just—I put in the work, so you should give it to me now. And if yeah. nobody has, it's Meryl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you throwing a little bit of Leo shade right now? A little DiCaprio shade? Well, yeah, he might come up a bit later in another question. Oh, after the break. <laughs> what a fun little teaser! <laughs> That's a teaser for you guys. I feel like we—one thing we're supposed to do is tell you who we are and and where you're listening to us. 
Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, you're sure. listening to, spoiler alert, on CJTR 91.3 FM, Regina Community Radio. God, she's good at that. She is. Oh, she must have practiced on the bus over here. <laughs> I did. Tanya arrived. Scant moments before we stopped. <laughs> As per So usual. dramatic. I've been accused of being a drama queen once or twice, boys. That's why I'm well-equipped for this movie podcast. <laughs> All right, back to back to business, Sean. So there's always, is there always a war movie? And why do we love war so much? Oh. Or why do we reward war so much? I think like that is maybe an episode. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that could come up later. But war movies. It's a very good question because it's so real. It is just like maybe it's the most like uh, the most unified enemy that everyone will always be like, mm-hmm. like the Germans in the forties. We're bad. Like, we all can know that that, like, there's no nuance to any of that. <laughs> In the break, I think I'm going to Google, like, has there been an, a Best Picture nominee or, like, a group of nominees in the last bajillion years that didn't include a war movie because I don't, I can't think of one. Like, I don't even know. There are, like, there are two movies in the Best Picture nominees this year that feature the same event. They, mm-hmm. Like, Darkest Hour is also about Dunkirk. Um, I watched them back to back. Yeah, just one has Gary Oldman <laughs> and one has with prosthetics and an amazing mask. Who's the Dunkirk actor? Oh, Harry Styles. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's Harry Styles. <laughs> uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Is that mm. who you're thinking? Yeah, that's who I am. Hamlet himself. Hamlet. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good question. Dare any thoughts? I. Restate the question because it's been like five minutes since we wanted to. Because I talked, I talked for like a good three minutes. <laughs> Mostly, it just feels like every time there's a ten best pictures, there's always one like Andrew Garfield in the war or another <laughs> like that movie was not good. Thirty year old old person in the war, and I don't see any of them. Really, I, I don't know why. Oh. Or they, I'm just like, oh, hmm. I'm exhausted already to, to watch them. One thing I was reading online today is that one of the sort of key tenets of Oscar bait is sort of a film about, as they put it, man's terribleness to man. That wasn't the word they used. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I got caught headline. up on that <laughs> male <laughs> pronoun. Uh, and so I think like... Lady host. <laughs> I know, lady host is, all, is not feeling that very specific pronoun. Um, but I think it's, you know, it, it's something where... There's a clear delineation between good guys and bad guys, and we love to watch human beings suffer, and we love to watch a clip at the Oscars of someone having a very dramatic moment while someone else is suffering. So going back then, does like, is that 12 Years a Slave? That is 12 Years a Slave. Is that like, that's what you're that's, talking about? That's one of the more like a Holocaust movie. Yeah. Yeah. Even, yeah, if there's Nazis involved yeah. or like slavery involved, it is, uh, it's an Oscar bait as well. Yeah, just something grim. Was Django, was Django up for? I don't remember. Mm, that'll be part of our break research. Oh God, we have so much work to do. Uh, <laughs> we got work to do. We're gonna need a double break here. Um. Uh, well, boys, what? Okay, have, is there any? Oh, we didn't talk we about the Shape of Water. Or call me by your name. Okay, right. let's let's do that one. Let's do Shape of Water first. I just watched it last night. Oh my God! You have done so much work. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> I wanted to. On the ground. Well, I was worried that I would say something that I and I wouldn't be able to. I, mostly, I was worried that I was going to be talking about how much I disliked 
three billboards without having seen it. <laughs> so I really wanted to watch it. And then I watched The Shape of Water to make myself feel better. I have no problems with talking completely. <laughs> I've never seen it all. <laughs> I do that a little too much in my life. Okay, so I loved Shape of Water. I think it is so cool that they finally have an honest-to-God monster movie. A in, genre film. Either. Yeah, in, in, the, in there. Yeah. I think... I. I really hope I really hope a lot of things win, which is kind of stupid. But like, this is the first time I felt like if anyone, if fifty percent of these movies win, any one of these half, I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. Like it's not gonna be like a whole like, oh whatever, you know, they just made it to get this award. La la la. You know. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that's the thing is, like, when Guillermo del Toro won the uh, Golden Globe. Everyone I was watching with, we, like, jumped up and screamed, and we're so excited because he's just so delightful. He does great work. He's not always been recognized for that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and, like, Shape of Water is so clearly his brainchild in a way that I absolutely adored. It was so many things in one. I just can't I can't say enough of that. Yeah, I only watched the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I presumed it was about, <laughs> it's like Amelie on the mm-hmm. set of like an unfortunate series of events yes. uh, has sexual relations with a fish man. Oh, my God. Is that that was more erotic than I was it's, expecting. It's, it's about time. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Is that how you feel, Jared? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but more monsters. So many letters. Oh, my God, you guys. Oh, you guys. Fish we man. have everyone here. Write us a letter. Yeah, please do. <laughs> we would love doing. to get mail. Care of CJTR. I would, I would be so terrified that someone could figure out a way to get an envelope here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not telling you about this address. <laughs> totally Google. How I got here today. Well, okay, so what about uh, the last one we haven't talked about? Call Me By Your Name. Um, we might. I can, I'll talk a bit about that after the break because I just saw it on Friday. Oh. And it can be in relation to... We're going to do a little segment after of what's the last movie we saw and mm. how we feel about it. I won't do the last movie I saw. I'll do a recent movie I saw because the oh, last well, movie I saw was The Shape of Water. The last several days. The last movie I saw involved some very romantic fishman mm. lady love. Mine involved, the last one I saw involved a, a panther. Uh, <gasps> spoiler alert! That doesn't spoil We're spoiling our own show here. film is. Well... Um, okay, so, and then, what are other, every year there are a certain film that always is in the top ten. There's, like, a few, at least three or four Oscar baits. There's a war movie. Um, is there story always, like, an indie underdog, a la, like, Lady Bird? I would, I would even say Get Out is kind of an underdog. At this oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think so. Oh, guys, I have the best news. Oh. My mom texted me to tell us one of the answers oh, to one of our go. questions. Thanks, mom. Shout out to Mama Dawn. <laughs> Django Unchained Chained was nominated for Best Picture but did not win. Oh. Side note, my mom loved that film and had a lot of questions as to whether it was actually uh, some real anatomy, some male anatomy, <laughs> whether or not that was Dawn. real. So that's a fun memory I associate with that film. I presume she's talking about hands. Yep. Hands and hands. feet. Kids, <laughs> for all the kids out there. Uh-huh. 
Um, uh, John should be a guest. We do have a oh, spare microphone in this corner. We're gonna we're gonna have to design a very specific episode for Don. Let's build this up for months. Well, I think just, we should. Oh my god. Maybe she could call in. Um, like we've been explicitly told not John to, to let agree. anyone call in. <laughs> uh, what I think oh, to answer your earlier question before I very rudely interrupted. Um, like I think we we touched on biopic a little bit. Yeah. But I think it's like a very specific kind of biopic. Um, I'm thinking the King's Speech here mm. in particular. Right, because that's also period. Mm-hmm. The, the Queen has to be represented in this specific genre of biopic. That's kind of what in I'm saying. In some way, shape, or form. Even just like a walk, walking by a painting of some kind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, the Queen is always up in this. Oh, yeah. Helen Mirren gets a lot of work. She, she's actually reason. on the Hollywood coins representing the queen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, well, I was looking, so I was looking at the last 20 Best Picture winners, um, and 10 of those 20 were were period pieces. Wow. So, like, I think that's not, it's, it's what we were talking about earlier. It's not an inconsiderable statistic, I would say. Hmm. But, yeah, that also adds to when you're talking about well, all of the voters, the Academy voters, were all just, like, older white people who were very, like, this is what I saw this year, and this is what I liked. This is what I saw, <laughs> this is what I liked. I wonder, oh. Are there requirements that you have to see everything? No. Or can you just shun it and just <laughs> watch some trailers and then I cast the your trailer. vote? How dare you? <laughs> I, think, I think this could be a running that. theme where we watch movies and Sean watches the trailer and then we tell him whether he's right about them. That's a great idea. I think that's I great have less time. <laughs> Sean's a very busy man. Jeremy, who has a child. Yeah. <laughs> I have a cat. And you have a cat. It's a nice cat, probably. Yeah, she's. I funny. have a house full of dead plants. <laughs> <laughs> That I keep watering, so they require time. Um, okay, so we are just going to go up into a little break, and we'll be back. So listen to some words from our sponsors. Bye. This is Sean from Spoiler Alert. Remember that you are listening to a throwback episode from 2018, so you will not know what films are in contention right now, so don't be confused. You're not having some sort of weird time stroke or anything. Anyway, back to the show. Bye. Okay, we're back. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a new radio show on 91.3 CGTR Community Radio. We have been talking Oscars, but we're going to take a little break. And uh, in this tentatively titled segment, What You Watching? What You Watching? What Are You Watching? We do have a, a, a little theme for that. We can all make our theme song. Um, I want to know what the last film or television show you guys saw and or enjoyed this week. We know a little bit, but Sonia, what do you host? Lady host at the rescue. I don't know what I'm rescuing us from. Uh, <laughs> Dead air. Spoiler alert. Uh, the last film I watched was The Shape of Water, as right. aforementioned. Mm-hmm. But a film I would like to talk about that I saw this past weekend is Black Panther. Never heard of it. What's it about? <laughs> oh, it's a documentary it's, narrated <laughs> I mean, by Morgan Freeman dog? about panthers oh, in the wild. Would watch. Would watch that film about Black Panthers. It is about... Black liberation, superheroes, amazing skin and hair and clothes. It is about the best soundtrack. The hair was incredible. <sighs> and lack thereof in some cases. Yeah. Uh, just, it was everything. It was about my thirst for every character. <laughs> oh, it was no. everything. There was a, Michael B. Jordan was doing a, 
full like art nerd situation at the start that really had took some breath away in our theater. Um, Sonny and I went to see it together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna be. I'll be the. I'll, I'll be the other side of the debate here. I'm gonna start off. It was a good movie. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring it below that line. Spoiler alert. Why can't we have a huge twist in these movies? What like what what? Why can't it? Why can't it happen? And I'm not talking about Black Panther. I'm talking about all of these Marvel movies. Yeah. It goes without saying. Michael B. Jordan was the best part. It, oh. He was the best. It was. It, it, if if the whole movie had been about him, it might have been better. Maybe. So why wasn't the whole movie about him? Like yeah. literally about him. Like why didn't they swap actors? <laughs> or like why? Oh yeah, that's true too. But also like <laughs> yeah. How come he come to be, you know, hanging around for a sequel or something? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sean can attest to this. I was sitting there. Oh, I guess we shouldn't spoiler alert this one. It's pretty fresh. It's pretty new. But there was a turn of events that I was hoping and praying, in some cases out loud, was not going to occur. Um, that did That meant occur? that I would get to see more Michael B. Jordan, and mm. it did not occur. Oh, I see. Yeah, I... With the, they can always... No okay. spoiler alert on this one, guys. Wow, that's a huge... Yeah. That's, that's pretty rough, but... It is literally like the opening weekend. <laughs> one thing I would like to highlight about this film that I was reading about on Twitter. Um, there is a wonderful woman, I believe she's a historian, named Warris. I can't remember her Twitter handle, but if you Google Warris, Black Panther, um, African outfits... Maybe not outfits. <laughs> <laughs> that got away from me. Um, the costuming. All of the costuming in this film was based on actual uh, traditional garb and costuming and uh, from, from all over Africa. And, like, the amount of research and the authenticity of the pieces and just, like, how beautifully they fit together. Oh, it was so good. It oh. was incredible. Like, aesthetically, even just on a visual level, this film had me in its pocket. Outfit's amazing. Yeah. Um, Angela Bassett's, like, oh. head pieces. Also, Angela Bassett is just an ascended master. How does like, she general, do it? But she, yeah, she had many head pieces that were amazing. And then near the end, when she decides to go head pieceless, she just has stunning white braids. It's it's such a surprise. I was aghast. I was Sean, literally aghast. Sean was literally out loud aghast. <laughs> he aghast. Angela. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, that is what I'm. That's what I watched this weekend and loved and thirsted over. Mm, I'm just. I think I'm hoping for more from all of the movies. Does yeah. that make sense? It does. Like I'm. I'm waiting for like, you know, the big things that have happened are not really that big in all these Marvel movies, and I'm. I'm looking for like, you know, where's the what? What, what would happen if they all just said, "Hey, let's talk it out." <laughs> what would what kind of movie would that be? Ladybird. Oh man. I think, uh, I think I'm bummed that like Black Panther will be in like hanging out with all the Avengers and stuff, but I want to see Wakanda more. It yeah. A great just like world. It was amazing to be in. Also, just sorry, one more quick note. A world in which a teenage girl slash young woman is in charge of all the tech and R and D. It's, she was great too. Oh, she was, she was so one of the great. Best. She was the. I would watch a movie where Michael B. Jordan and the Black Panther sister never actually interacted. They just each went about their day. Oh, <laughs> just you, you know, like like one wakes up, makes breakfast. The other one maybe wakes up a little later, 
maybe just skip something breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Which one it is, I'm just not going to say. Screen. But uh, that would be great. I think that says more about you than it does about the franchise. It there, might. Jeremy. It might. Also, I love breakfast. I do. I also <laughs> love breakfast. Boys, what you watching? Um, well, speaking of breakfast, I watched on Friday Call Me By Your Name, mm-hmm. which was has so much food, so much breakfast, just lovingly filmed, just like sumptuous fruit, water, eggs. It was all gorgeous. What, what kind of breakfast was it, Sean? Oh, God. I describe describe, describe the like breakfast to me. Describe me the breakfast. Um, and I, it was also, it was an interesting viewing for me because I waited I watched it at the RPL um, on Friday at seven, and it was there was about forty white hairs with us, <laughs> and I didn't know how everyone was going to take it, or like if even knew what the content was. And actually, at the start, it was like um, a little trailer for mong- Mongrel Media, and there's like a little animation of a dog like running across the screen, and this woman behind me loudly is like, "Are there dogs or wolves in this movie?" Like, <laughs> no, this is not. That's Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. The dog. Um, anyway, it was uh, it was amazing, and it just really made you want to f- feel that, like, 17-year-old, like, heartache, agony again. It was, I don't know, I, I heard so much, because um, I saw it so late after everyone, and I heard everyone love it, and then I heard everyone, like, hate it, all the backlash, so then I went in kind of, you know, neutral. But I loved it. Uh, this movie reminds me of Running With Scissors, mm. which was, like, actually a a thing for me in high school. Like, that was, like, like it did something to me when I watched it. I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> but from the trailer, it that's reminds me of Running With Scissors. Okay, Sean. But, uh... <laughs> Sorry, that's probably confusing. Sean, Sean was aghast for once and once again. What are you... I'm always aghast. <laughs> Sean, is it Oscar baby? Oh. Um, I don't think so. I don't know if they... Maybe, you know, maybe they did sort of have Oscars on the mind, but I don't really feel like that it, that they did. Um, also, when somebody makes, like, writes a song for your film, I feel oh. like that specifically is a little Oscar baity because they like, played on the radio weeks, yeah. weeks leading. So, like, Stephanie Stevens was all over it, and it added to it perfectly. Oh, mm. those songs made me feel so many things. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Is the one, good? the first one started, and I just, I honest to goodness, started weeping as wow. soon as I heard Sufjan. He's got a, he's got a sad little voice. It's beautiful. Is he going to perform at the Oscars? I sincerely hope so. Is or maybe it, uh, just like Sting will perform that. <laughs> <laughs> is he nominated for the song? Uh, that's a good question. He is, okay. and the reason I know that is that one of my dear friends, shout out to Haley, is the actual greatest Sufjan fan on this earth, and I think the best thing that ever happened to her was the day that... She's a Suf fan? She's a Suf fan. <laughs> Steve Stan. <laughs> nope, that got away from me. Uh, anyway, yes, he is, and uh, can you imagine what a Sufjan Oscar performance would be like? So... Slow. <laughs> Maybe they'll just play it over the like in memoriam. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's confusing. That's, that's maybe even a better, a better thing than the award. Use of his time. Well, no, but like uh, you know, what would you rather have the Oscar for best song or to be played over the 
the in memoriam for all time. Wow. People will watch that YouTube video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, like, let's go back to Oscars. This, not this year's, but what films in recent memory have had the full stench of Oscar bait for you guys? Uh, what's the one with Leo where he... The Revenant. What's right? It? What was it called? The Revenant? Yes. Oh, my God. Exit yeah, Pursuit totally. by a Bear. <laughs> it, was, it was good, but, like, everyone involved was, like, Oscar. Every single person they brought on. Oh, people were, like, it, phoning, chanting, banging pots and pans. It was, like, Leo's got to get it for this. And it, re- it felt like him just doing a Fear Factor episode. Like, it didn't seem <laughs> a lot of acting. In, in the best Christy way man? possible. Yeah, just like wearing a rug and like getting mm-hmm. his knees busted out. At the end, when he talks to the man he's been searching for, worst part of the movie. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the show is not. I know, I'm sorry. I've said it a hundred times. I can't stop myself. But also, I didn't see that one. I Ooh. just watched the trailer. What? That might be enough. I think you pretty much got it from there. Oh. All I know is there's a bear. He's quite thin. He's got a beard. Not the bear. Leo. <laughs> uh, well, there's a warming. Yeah. There's snow. There's a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. They had to go very far south to find that snow. I don't know if you recall. South? But Yeah. There was like a whole thing about global warming at the end of his speech. Uh, right. Leo's speech. For the, Not for the bear the speech? No. Oh. The bear speech. That's next year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick my Oscar pick is for next year. The bear else? speech. <laughs> <laughs> the bear from The Revenant comes back. Uh, oh, no, you go. Basically, yeah, I, my roommate and I at the time did made a small video of us reenacting The Revenant for someone. It was big. <laughs> we just put on rugs on our back, and the other one would just, like, kick us or, like, sit on our head. And that was that was basically something. <laughs> <laughs> like, just this for another two and a half hours. That's actually the trailer, but I saw it. <laughs> um, I just realized, I realized what it is, the number one. The number one Oscar bait of the last while, 2005, Crash. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How many celebrities can you throw in a movie? And, and how many will stick to the wall that is that movie? Right. And also, how much will people think that it's a woke movie, but actually it's pretty racist? <laughs> Which is, oh, it's our three billboards. That's what <laughs> that's, three billboards that's, is. Oh, man. It is this we've, year's Crash. We've drawn the line. Which is why, partly why I think it might win. Yeah. I keep coming back to this. I know, but it was weird. The three billboards had, like, two people of color in the whole movie, and they were, like, the one was just Francis's friend that just got arrested for weed, uh, like, possession. Weed possession. Um, <laughs> because one of the cops was trying to threaten Francis. Like, just a totally, like, ancillary, like. Yeah, just just there to further the plot. And then she just pops up and she's like, oh, I made bail. And then she's suddenly <laughs> romantically involved with the only other black character in the whole movie. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. Why are you guys still in town? And they just sort of witness things happen and act as a plot device. And that's never a good sign. Yeah. Mm. And what I'll say about this is, even if even if I thought that this was a feminist film, which I don't. Because every single woman in this movie, I was like, this, mo- this woman doesn't seem like a real person, which is a good test, I feel. But even if I did think this was a feminist movie, my feminism is intersectional, y'all. And <laughs> if it's racist, it don't make the cut. So I'm no, not here right. for it. Good. I'm getting an education over here today. <laughs> not just on the board. Um, so, yeah, I'll s- of the past, I would say I always think... Biopics 
as I've said before, but also especially when it puts their historical figure in a sympathetic light, mm. a la like Iron Lady. Yes, which didn't like, win. Poor Margaret Thatcher has Alzheimer's now. Yeah, when or, did we start feeling sorry for Margaret Thatcher? All of a sudden, we're like, now she's old. We have to feel sorry for her. I don't. I still don't. And maybe that's controversial. And it's you know 6:45 p.m. and it's too early in the evening to be talking politics. But especially about Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> um, I had a bit of that actually with Darkest Hour, which is I think the equivalent. Mm-hmm, um, I would say it's like a one-to-one ratio in terms of prosthetics. <laughs> Gary Oldman was drowning in that Churchill face. I was searching. Made it work. I yeah. was searching for Gary Oldman in that face, like that oh. kid from Peter Pan. Just like <laughs> there you are, Gary. <laughs> like who are you? See, and that's so funny because for me, he was he did a pretty good job. <laughs> that's my high price for Gary Oldman. Beautiful. I love Gary Oldman, everyone, but he he did quite an excellent job. But I still felt that it was him the whole time. <laughs> he just did. He just yelled a lot, and and so my thing is when we have and and this is something I think we should do a future episode on is when you're doing a biopic. Do you have to necessarily sort of gloss over some of the trickier political details? Mm-hmm. Because there was sort of zero examination of. Churchill's myriad problems as a colonial and racist <laughs> figure uh, in this film. And he's just like, saved everybody. He won us the war. Congrats. Um, but he was a racist old man. And I'm here to say that on the radio. <laughs> I'm here, lady. Um, okay. I Another one that I was thinking of, this was a weird one, was A Beautiful Mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Stephen Hawking one. Oh, no. No. Nope. Oh, wait. A Beautiful Mind is what? a different. What's yeah, which one was the uh, life, one? life, the universe, and everything. Just oh. like, they, <laughs> it uh, was a weird title. Oh. Everything. <laughs> the Eddie Redmayne. Everything. Being handsome. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne smiles in a wheelchair for two hours. <laughs> well, so, okay, this is interesting. I'm going to not Are you going to do the off. wife thing? No, you. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I was going to say, one of the other things I was reading online today is that a common tenet of uh, Oscar bait is portraying someone with a disability. Mm. And I'm going to go ahead and say that that is deeply correct. And you accidentally mentioned A Beautiful Mind. That's another key example where oh, it's sort of this... Rain Man right now. Yeah, Rain Man. Um, oh, that the film about Temple Grandin. Um, that... Who played Temple Grandin? I don't know. Oh, you guys. I know. Just for the record, Rain Man did win. Yeah, this of thing. course it did. Yeah. Which And that is a great film. Yeah. But I think that fits into kind of what you're saying, Sean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was... Theory of everything. Sorry. Theory of there everything. We, go. we yeah. did it, guys. God, that took a while. I pulled um, it. So that movie, uh, you know, Eddie Redmayne didn't really do much, honestly. Like, the, the his counterpart does all of the heavy lifting, literally, and also, <laughs> like, in the movie. And after, this is, well, also they do this thing that I am so weirded out by where they age the characters, like... 30 years, but, like, the actress is still, like, 21, and you're just like, now you are a middle-aged woman? (laughs) Um, But he, um, she, like, works, she works, she puts him through school while sacrificing her own education. She, like, hauls him around on her back, like, the whole movie, (laughs) and, like, she is the best person-wife 
friend that anyone could ever ask for. And then halfway through, or like near the end, he just like divorces her for his nurse, and it was very sad. Mm. But in the movie, it was very like, like, Bowie, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that, I think. Is that I feel like a long-suffering wife is a key characteristic, perhaps, in many of these films. Mm-hmm. As the main character, or just involved in some way? Just like in the background, doing the work, but oh, then not suffering. getting a movie made about her. Oof. Like, if it was about her, that would have been great. We should make that movie, Sean. Oh. A theory of something else. Nothing. <laughs> 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 I'm, not, I'm not starting my movie with a theory of. Sean, I think, Jeremy, did you do your, what you're watching? What you watch? What you watch? It was Black Panther, yeah. We tied. Oh, right, we, we did. tied. Never go back in the show. Moving forward. I oh spaced out for a second. When, we, when you guys pitched me this idea for this particular show, not for the, the whole thing, but this specific show, I, I have to, I cannot talk about the Oscars without talking about Birdman. I was going to bring that up. Great. <laughs> I love that movie so much, and I thought I was really, really, really going to hate it. And when you brought this idea to me, Sean... I've been wrestling with, is this Oscar bait or not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because to put Batman at the center of, a, of an Oscar movie, like, he's, he's been revitalized. There's no question, right? He was in uh, Spotlight after that. He's a fantastic actor, mm-hmm. especially in Batman. I will only refer to him as Batman. Michael <laughs> Keaton, I believe, is who we're yeah, Batman. Anyway, about in this case. <laughs> Not Ben Affleck. Batman for a moment. (laughs) Is Birdman Oscar bait? Oh, man. This just reminds me of the video of him when they're announcing the best actor. And they announce, I forget who won that year. Probably Eddie Redmayne, I think. And then you could just see Michael Keaton slowly put his speech back in his jacket. (laughs) And it's the most heartbreaking thing ever. First, he was shut out for Jack Frost. (laughs) Then he was shut out for Birdman. Oh, my God. It takes skills to play a sentient snowman. You guys ever watch Night Shift? No. Totally unrelated. Anyway, carry on. (laughs) Is he in it? (laughs) Yeah. Was that just a total non sequitur, or is Batman in it? Batman's in it. But I just just really wanted to bring that. (laughs) Yeah, I think... Um, it probably, it could be, I feel like it could be Beatty, because it is, like, a venerable actor, like, um, it had a bit of a shtick, like, everyone kind of was going in being like, it's like the one-take movie, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um. But they kept that up in later films, right, because they did The Revenant as well, did they not? Am I I screwing this up? We're very well educated about film. You guys, we're community radio, okay? (laughs) (laughs) This is a volunteer program. How how dare you ask us to have more skills than this? I think Jeremy's the only one in this in this room who has actual credentials. Is it someone with a film degree? Do not point that out. (laughs) Why would you say that? I'm just an amateur, but Jeremy is a professional. Yeah, no, I'm in my first year of film studies. That's not true. Jeremy is a spry eighteen year old. <laughs> I hope I didn't ruin uh, what what was the movie I spoiled already? Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. <laughs> Am I the best one for this job? No, no, not. But, I agree to disagree on that one, Sean. Um, yeah. What else in film one hundred? Clean out I don't remember anything else. Uh, <laughs> Trip to the Moon. Trip to the Moon was in there. That oh was good. yeah. And then we watched uh, after Trip to the Moon. 
the video, the Smashing Pumpkins video for Tonight Tonight oh. was a rip on. A you watched that in Film 100? Yeah, we did. It was, it was actually pretty killer. And it really brings you back up after sort of the long, silent type that's, of movie. That's a prof who knows how to keep their 18-year-old audience. Keep it, keep it going. Guys, I have a confession. I didn't. I didn't take film 100. That's probably for the best. Um, what did you take? Music 100. What didn't I take? Oh. A lot of a lot of first year university classes in this corner. Yeah. I was trying things out, but not film apparently. Um, All right, guys. I got. I just. I brought this up. So after Birdman, he did The Revenant, mm-hmm. and then there's something called Flesh and Sand from 2018, which I have <gasps> never heard of. Flesh and sand. Let's, Let's uh, play a fun game where we guess what it's about. <laughs> okay, okay. You guys give me your predictions. I will quickly read the Wikipedia okay. <laughs> summary and uh, do my best here. I think, it's very short. I think it's about a wizard who is trying oh. to recreate his dead dog out of um, flesh and sand. Where does he get the flesh? From his dead dog. Oh, <laughs> sorry, that's dark. <laughs> Frankenstein, Frankenstein the dog. That took a turn. It's a you know that's a that's a myth that's deeply embedded in our cultural consciousness. It's Frankenstein. Warlock. So, oh. <laughs> and Warlock. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. John. Um, I believe it is a recently widowed woman who lives. <laughs> be- who, she lives beachside, and she always takes those lo- those walks in the sand. Um, and then one day a a grizzled stranger. Walks down the beach towards her. Played by Michael Keaton. Huh? Oh, oh my God! It could I be. Oh God! I would, Sean, you're. I think my character is Diane Lane, and I don't want. I think be. it's <laughs> Diane Lane, and I think she wears a lot of slouchy. This sounds like the Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> it might be Bridges of Madison County, the sequel. Flesh. <laughs> More bridges. <laughs> More bridges. Okay. This is this what is, is, is the, it? This is the the grim truth here. It's about a coyote who is. Smuggling people across the U.S. border. Like the littlest hobo, but <laughs> coyote? No, no, that's what the people who smuggle people are called. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought it was about an, a- an animal. <laughs> I wish it was well, guess, just the littlest hobo. We, sh- we should play this game every time, and I guess Sonia would get the point for being having a dog related to... Yeah, yeah. I get a point. Also, um, Jer... It's Sonia. I know. It's gonna. This is going to take forever. <laughs> this is a thing that in my life. Forever. Uh, yeah. Um, also, you guys, we have hung out for like 10 minutes before this show, so you're listening to a relationship start and build on air. Um, oh, uh, I just uh, was trying to remind uh, my, my lady host uh, about uh, the radio station we're on, but I can't read the sign. Oh, <laughs> he, was, he was gesturing, and I wasn't sure what he wanted from me, so I just stared at him blankly, which I think was helpful. Mm. Uh, just in case you're wondering, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We'll get better oh, at the timing for that song. Oh, my God, Amber. But uh, <laughs> your delivery of that was aces. Thank you. Yeah. You're going to have to do it from now on. I'm happy to. Well, fair enough. We've got four minutes left, so I think we're all just like, okay, what do, what do, what do we, we talk about for four minutes that we're not going to want to talk about for an hour? What are you guys looking forward to? Is there something coming out films yeah there's that one that i'm interested in with like the annihilation it's like Mm -hmm. natalie portman Mm. um, a group of uh some sort of military faction i honestly don't did you read my head did you read the book 
new. I have a friend that read the book. Oh, nice. That's the best way to get that. Yeah, and she'll filter it for me. She read. Uh, there's a, it's a trilogy, right? I have no idea. I think so. It's good when we all don't know. I ultimately, I assume that all movies that come out, at least half are from books now. At oh least. yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that might be the next show. Which mm-hmm. is yeah, I think a show about books adapted to movies would be great. And it's probably on, it's definitely we on do, our horizon. We, we wrote it on a recipe card and pinned it to our ideal wall. It so. might be even like a series. Does <laughs> our ideal wall sound like a true detective? Like. <laughs> a murder board. Murder board. Murder board. <laughs> we are the only thing we know about each other coming into this room is that all three of us are for more murder boards like serial killers have with all of the pins and whatnot. Strings. Do serial killers have them as well as detectives having them? I think so. I think that's the game, right? Oh, Whose yeah. murder board is better? <laughs> well, what's the difference between them? I, I use a, <laughs> a high-density fiber with a beautiful red dye as my string <laughs> on my murder board. This is like Dr. Ollivander's like, murder board. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's wrap these things up. Thanks to my two amazing co-hosts, Sonia and Jeremy. Thanks to our Tyler's Wrangler and Program Director Amber Goodwin for coaching us through this whole process. Thanks to Saskatoon's The Garys for unknowingly playing our theme song. And thanks to everyone at CJTR Radio, Community Radio. You can follow us on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR um, and Instagram at SpoilerAlertCJTR. Our show is live Wednesday at 6 and we broadcast again Fridays at 9. Uh, see you next week. Bye.